0: Welcome to the Coffee in the Barn. I'm Casey Bradley, President and founder of the Sunswine Group. If you are thinking about entering, changing, advancing, or reinventing your career in the animal science industry, we are here to help you succeed. In each episode, we will cover a variety of topics surrounding work, life, and professional development, leveraging my 20 plus years as a global leader within the livestock industry and my ever-growing professional network to interview other leading professionals. We couldn't do this without our sponsors, NutriQuest, IFF, and Continental Search. Reach out to us on our social media platforms or visit the suntwinegroup.com and subscribe now not to miss another episode.
1: Hey guys, it's Marissa LaRosé, your host for today's episode of Coffee in the Barn. Most people think their path is linear. Go to school, get your degree, and land your dream job. But what people neglect to consider are the forks in the road that could lead to great experiences. Today, two successful young animal science professionals, Dr. Nathan Horn and Dr. Sophie Parker Norman, share how being open to different experiences benefited their education and career. The segment for today's episode is taken from one of our recorded webinars, Roundtable Discussion with Young Animal Science Professionals, which you can find on our YouTube channel, Animal Science Office Hours.
0: Well, thank you. I'm going to let Trish take over on the question, but I think the one we're going to start with because I like this question. So we have from Jordan, Nathan, he wants to thank you for sharing your experiences but he's curious, you made that I wasn't mature enough to go for my master's, my PhD. What does that mean? You know, what was that benefit? And I think you and I both have similar stories to where we, in Sophie as well, we worked in the industry in between degrees. How has that made it better for you?
1: I, of course, it's going to mean a little bit different to everybody, I think. But for me, if you're, if you have the chance in your situation allows, I would recommend, you know, at least two years, um, at least two years of industry experience. And I I think that most of the professors I work with know know that I I think it should be a requirement personally, but um, I think it just adds a lot of perspective you know, makes things a lot easier when you get into a leadership role, if you have that perspective.
0: So, Marissa, I'm reflecting back on our webinar we had with some of my friends and respected young professionals out there. I really sought out a panel of experts that have worked in different roles, have had different experiences, and were not afraid to jump out of their comfort zone and travel internationally They covered some really good topics and questions from the audience. And let's go ahead and start with the first one that Nathan Horn touched on. And that was work experience, age of going to graduate school. And so a lot of people, myself included, when I was young, it was like, how fast can I climb the corporate ladder? And you think about that if you're going to go on for advanced degrees And I'm talking about Marissa. If you don't know Marissa, she is a fast learner, accelerated in her education path person. So we're going to get her perspective here. But it doesn't have to be that straight line. And I think Nathan and I had a lot of the same shared experiences. So I wanted to hear from him. He took breaks in between his degrees and had that work experience. He states that he thinks it's mandatory. Dr. Bradley, myself, would say the same thing. And I've gotten into arguments with professors suggesting that a student can take a master's degree and have a three-year program and have them work on a special project where they're getting a lot of experience. It may take them longer. But this mindset of academia is to push the students out as fast as they can. And so where do you get that balance from? And now I'm going to listen to Marissa because you ended high school early. You graduated, I think, your undergrad early. And you were starting graduate school before you were, what, 21 years old. So talk about that mindset. And as you think about that acceleration that you've done already and your career.
1: Yeah, I finished high school early. I still did four years of undergrad, but um, I will finish my master's here in a few months at only 22 years old. Age wise, I'm a lot further behind a lot of my peers in the same program that I am. However, as Casey mentioned, experience comes a lot into play and some professors think you may need some more experience or that experience should be mandatory and I think after my master or I know after my masters I'm going to take a break and get some industry experience. I'm not sure that a PhD is anywhere in my future or near future. But if it is, I will have that experience under my belt and hopefully uh, be able to put a different perspective onto a Ph.D. program versus jumping straight from a master's to a Ph.D.
0: I'm going to spin it if you're not a traditional student or a younger career professional listening to this. I'm going to spin this to I've met several people and I'm going to use John Bergstrom as an example because I've also known him throughout his career. He's taken different paths. He was a Marine. I respect him for his service. He also went back into the Army Reserve and did the Vet Corps and things like that in his career. So he was not a traditional student either. And I think he worked full time, if I remember right, John, if you're listening, I apologize. But he also worked for the university while he got his degrees. I worked during my master's and my PhD from the university. I made a little bit more money, but I gained tons more experience and If you're thinking like, I'm stuck. There's nowhere for me to go up in this career path. What about a new career uh, idea? You know, will your company support you? Have you been there long enough to say, hey, I really want to take this challenge, this role. You keep telling me I don't have the degree or I don't have the experience to get there. Well, it's never too late to go back to school. And there is so many new programs now that you can go back to school while working full time. I'm gonna tell you, doing it through my master's and my PhD, it was tough. I mean, I literally put 40 to 60 hours a week on the farm and I came home and I studied at night. I wrote my thesis at night. I think some of these graduate students I learn are quite coddled actually in their studies. But it's really intensive. If if it's a goal, if it's something you want, there's a and there's a will, there's a way. So Marissa, thinking about that mindset, you're, you're young yet, but if, you know, if there's a challenge, are you afraid to face it in the future or reinvent yourself and, and go down a different career path sort of maybe like a MBA, for instance? What is your thoughts about that? Even for professionals thinking about going back to graduate school or a different type of program to accelerate their career? Yeah. I'd have to say
1: right now, I'm not entirely sure that I know exactly what I want my career path to look like. And I'm definitely open to other options. Obviously, getting my foot in the door and getting started is the priority right now. But down the line, I could see myself maybe getting an MBA or going back to school for something maybe not so relevant to animal nutrition as I'm a learner and I like to take opportunities to advance myself in ways outside of just my Not so narrow career field, but the field of animal agriculture. There's so many aspects that go into it. And there's ways that you can level up your knowledge in different areas to then foresee a future career advancement um, within the same company or within a different company. So I don't know. I think the options are very endless for fresh grads to advance their career with experience. And for those professionals who maybe want to change their career going back to school, the opportunities are there.
0: And I was going to say, Dori Clark, she has got a good book out there. I follow her quite a bit as she calls herself the expert on reinventing themselves. Well, I think I officially have become the expert on reinventing myself in the animal science world. And I say that is because, you know, I've always loved to mentor students. I've always loved to teach. And early in my career, I thought I had to go get a PhD and then become a professor At the time, there wasn't positions open. Today, I do not feel like I want to go back to academic setting. I'm never going to say never, though. But at the same time, when I think about if that's some of the things I like, well, technical service is all about teaching. It's all about service. So extension, teaching. There's ways to do that, not in that traditional path. And then we look at my career today. Everybody knows me as a swine nutritionist. But that's the least of what I do. I understand nutrition, but I know how to critically think. Those skills I learned in graduate school, those skills I've learned as a researcher from data analytics to critical thinking applies in everything I do as an entrepreneur and starting my business. You won't find a better Excel sheet on the business analytics and different data and the touch points I have and it's so funny, I glazed over in marketing meetings when they would come up and talk about this customer journey and the, the sales sheets and all that. And guess what? This data-driven person that in my career as a researcher is now a data-driven, analytical, marketing, business nerd in her own business. So I think it's, in. like Marissa said, anything is possible, but and you should never feel stuck. And I and say if you're listening to this and you're not in the animal agriculture industry but you love animals and you thought you would check us out. I'm telling you, we need some fresh perspectives. So if you if you aren't like us nerds, uh, I'm going to call nerds because nerds are cool. I'm sorry, we're cool. But you know that we need some fresh perspectives in the industry. Any last minute thoughts you want on that topic that Nathan touched on of having that work experience? And and your career and kind of what you think, where you've been and where you're going to go towards.
1: Yeah. um, Reflecting back on how I did school, I think that it really could have benefited me to have a year two experience on the farm experience before starting my master's. I don't regret the path that I took, but I definitely think it could have added some different perspectives into my education that I maybe not didn't realize at the time or maybe I realize now and wish I would have known. So I definitely think there's no right way to do it take it with a grain of salt. When people give you advice, do what your gut tells you. And
0: um, and yeah. And if there's not a road there, build your own road, right? Go off road and anything's possible. So it seems common
1: for many to go internationally early in their career to gain experience and work life and in culture. So what do you think is the best advice to give a fresh grad, like a PhD looking
0: for and applying to international employment?
2: I think that it's just so important to to look at the company that you're applying to. Is it a kind of company that really has got an international coverage and, and market reach? You know, and if you've got if you're going in nine times out of ten, you know, if you're going into like a technical type role, Centrally within a company, you're going to have to travel to to different regions, and quite often companies will will push that. I mean, you know, who knows post COVID world what it will be like? I'm sure we will do less traveling around the world, but even so, I think the key is just making a good selection on that first company you're going to. I have friends who did very similar PhDs and have gone into industry, but they don't work in international companies; they're kind of UK-based companies, and they've not had the same experience. Um, And it depends what you want, you know, but if you do want that international travel, then I think the selection of the company that you're working for is, is really important.
0: Now we're taking a different approach with a question asked by Trish to Sophie about international experience. And I've had tons of international experience in my life. On this panel, we had Caroline and Neil They both moved internationally. Caroline came to the U.S. to go to school. They both went to the University of Illinois. Neil ended up in the Netherlands. Caroline in Germany, of all places. And so they had a really good exposure. But Sophie, I had the opportunity to work with Sophie at AB Vista to where she was UK-based, kind of like me. We worked a lot on the farm. We kind of hid in, and we really wanted to get that experience internationally. And Sophie has grown into a superstar in her career, and I'm so proud of her. But when I look at experience, and this goes for new grads and even seasoned professionals to think about, um, and especially where do you want to be in life? Do you want to live out of a suitcase? I think it's important to get that exposure to different cultures because I learned so much in my career from traveling the world about how other people do it. And I get this stigma, especially being an American, that, hey, that's great that you do that in America, but that's not how it's done here. (laughs) And I could say the same people in America would say the same thing if somebody from Germany came to the U.S. and talked about pig production. And I laugh over that stigma or that mindset that we can't learn from each other. And I think it's really important that to be able to professionally grow to have that ability to meet other people out of your niche. If you're not that person and you like your little box, then find a career that you can stay in your box. But don't be shocked that if I say, I'm not going to travel more than two days a week. I'm not going to travel internationally. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. This is why even later in your career, if you're listening to this, This is why opportunities don't come your way because you're not open to making a small sacrifice for a short period of time for a big win. And I say that from Sophie is she traveled a lot to the U.S. She kind of maybe wanted to move here in her life, knowing her as my friend. But um, she also is now back in the U.K., very happy, has an international job. She's a director, so very successful in her decisions, but I don't think she would have had the same success if she wasn't willing to take that risk and say, yes, I'll jump on that plane and learn. And I think that's kind of what I took from her comment on that, that she, if you met Sophie early in her career to listening to her just now, she's a totally different person. She's truly grown in her career And as a friend and being able to walk beside her, even as a colleague and seeing that growth out of her impresses me. I like she, you know, under under 40, I think we're under 40 or whatever. She's one of the top young professionals in my mind in the animal nutrition industry today. And I think what she's talking about is that sometimes you have to make some sacrifices to get exposed to truly grow into that level that you want to be. Marissa, what is your thoughts? Does international scare you?
1: I'm actually very intrigued about some international opportunities. I think it would be very beneficial to not only myself and personal development, but in my career, some professional development to just you know be able to either work in another country or maybe work internationally and just be able to travel to different countries to kind of immerse myself in different cultures because the agriculture industry as a whole is such a diverse. And it's a it's a global industry, and so you're you're constantly going to be um, working with people um, from all over the place, and just being able to uh, maybe experience that, um, I think, could definitely prove very beneficial to my career. As you said, for Sophie, um, or for yeah, so yeah, for Sophie early yeah. on in her career. I mean, I have nothing tying me to the U.S. right now, so I think definitely early on in my career, I could see myself maybe taking some opportunities to do some international travel or potentially relocate.
0: Mm. What are some things that scare you about that international? Like, okay, mom and dad, I'm moving to clear across the world. What, I mean, what are some reservations?
1: Right. Yeah. Moving across the world is a little different than moving from Indiana to South Dakota. The culture is still pretty similar.
0: Um, It's still a big risk for a lot
1: of people. Right. I think starting small was a good move for me, but I think some of the reservations I may have about living internationally is just maybe not being aware of all the different cultures. And I definitely have to do my research before going anywhere. I've never done any international travel, so it's something completely new. It scares me slightly, but that also turns into a little bit of excitement and ambition to kind of want to do it. I've done a lot of traveling lately, and I think maybe I've got a nice little niche for it. So
0: (laughs) maybe... (laughs) She's learned to pack a suitcase.
1: (laughs) So I definitely think that... I have a few reservations about it, but... More than anything, I think it's something that I can see myself doing and I'm excited to hopefully have the opportunity to do in my career.
0: And another fun thing for the audience. So when I travel internationally, there is one thing I crave coming back to the U.S. every time. And I just want a big fat cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter where I go. It's like just a big cheeseburger, please, with all the fixings. And I'm really happy. And yeah, so
1: coming from a picky eater, I think that might be one of my bigger reservations is learning to eat in a different country.
0: I may be concerned with Marissa and maybe it'd be a good diet opportunity. I, I don't know. But there's something else about working with people internationally. And if you're in the US and that scares you, there's something about working from people. If say you're in Kansas, that's where we are right now recording this, But if I'm in the central U.S. and I grew up in Kansas all my life, there is even something in the U.S. to say, if we think about the U.S., it's really like Europe. Our states are like countries over in Europe. Moving from Kansas, the central U.S., for instance, all the way to the East Coast or West Coast, the cultures are different. And there's a lot of things to learn from interacting with people that you didn't grow up with or areas in, in culture and things that you can apply back in your career and different perspectives. And I can use an example back from high school. If you're listening to this and saying, I'm not going internationally, what does this mean for me? So I grew up in rural Michigan on a hog farm, very white-based school that I went to, very country-oriented, working class. I participate in a program called Youth in Government. And I meet these friends. We're on the law team, and we're competing, and you know, mock trials and stuff. And we meet meet these friends from Ann Arbor, and they're all Muslim, and incredible people. But they ordered pizza, so we ordered pizza because we we're getting ready for our competition and hanging out. And they, you know, ordered a Hawaiian pizza without ham, and I was taken back by that that they didn't eat ham on their Hawaiian pizza and. I didn't know about different cultures or religions that they could not eat pork. And I was taken back by that. I was a little offended. And I look back and I just have to laugh now about that culture shock for me to say, what do you mean you can't eat pork? And if he knew me, my husband can't eat pork, but because he's allergic to it. And uh, we don't like to go to the hospital that often. So that's just a simple example that I didn't even cross state lines and I met a different type of person and I was open to that experience. And, you know, that stuck with me a long time to be very open-minded and not get offensive. I see a lot of people get offensive. Um, You know, I've worked with people in the animal sector that are vegetarians, for one thing. And people get offended by that and I don't because there's different reasons for being vegetarian, not eating pork or not wearing a baseball cap or wearing a scarf over your head. And and I think there's so much we can learn and you're not going to learn that. It's not going to influence you in a positive way if you're not open to it and you don't put yourself out there. Any thoughts about culture moving because South Dakota and Indiana, I think are a little different.
1: I mean, I think everywhere you go, you can find a little place of home, something that feels familiar. And I think that's what's kept me grounded. I think even when you go to other cultures, you can find some, some way to relate to to those people or the culture. So yeah, just, just find the common ground and, and be willing and open to learn from those experiences and what, Maybe different food choices people have to offer. I eat different now than I did when I lived in Indiana. So maybe moving internationally will help broaden my
0: palate. (laughs) Maybe she'll eat cooked vegetables. (laughs) Well, I hope you get a lot from this episode. And basically, I think there's two things. Experiences can come from work experience and personal experiences to make you a better professional help you get to that next level in your career.
1: Are you willing to take the path less traveled? As Robert Frost once said, two roads diverged in a wood. I took the one less traveled by,
0: and that has made all the difference. We hope that you enjoyed this discussion. You can watch the replay of this webinar, along with the rest of our webinar replays, on our YouTube channel, Animal Science Office Hours. And now we would like to also thank our sponsors once again, NutriQuest, IFF, and Continental Search. We are gracious that you support us in this journey. Before we go, are you finding it difficult to create your own version of success? Do you even know what success looks like for you? Well, if you don't, I suggest that you reach out to the Sunswine group by visiting our website and booking your free next steps. We'll discuss your career and how the Sunswine Group can help you navigate that. Because our model is simple, we make pigs and dreams fly. Our mission is to share knowledge, to mentor future leaders and transform innovation while creating a neural network of expertise to help any person, including you, any animal or any company succeed. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to check out our socials. Find us on Facebook and LinkedIn at Coffee and Careers in Animal Science or Instagram at coffee.ann.careers. And remember, life is short. Drink your coffee in the barn.